Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, Podcast 148. Last time I mentioned a bit of an older game, Evil Genius, and I did some looking around. I found that the original game is on Steam, but in looking to see if they are going to make a sequel, I discovered Evil Genius Online, which is a Facebook game, and it's sort of the sequel that they're going with right now. They do hope to get an official Evil Genius 2 out someday. But for now, Evil Genius Online is what they're doing. And it is in open beta, so you can go check that out. So I'm going to talk about that. I don't recommend a lot of Kickstarter stuff, because a lot of it is, you know, very questionable as to whether the developer will get enough money, or whether it's going to actually work out how they hope. But one game looks particularly interesting. And I think it might be worth supporting if you're into that kind of thing. It is called Darkest Dungeon. I talk about that a little bit. And the new Robocop is out. So I talk about that in the last section. Hopefully you enjoy the show. Evil Genius Online is made by Rebellion Developments, who are the original creators of Evil Genius. It is a Facebook app, and it is in open beta, so you can just go grab it if you want. Note, though, that since it is in beta, not all of the features are in yet, and not everything is totally working. I haven't found any bugs yet, but in talking a little bit with the developer, some of the features aren't quite in yet. Some things are planned to go in, but they're not sure when they're going to go in. So if you want a 100% complete game, you might just want to wait until the game is actually out of beta and considered officially released. I like it quite a bit, though, so that's why I'm talking about it now. The game is real-world time-based, but there is no energy. But real-world time limitations will get you. As example... One of the early missions you can do takes, I think, five real-world minutes. So you send a minion to go do that, and he does that for five minutes, and he can't do anything else. Unless you spend a special gem to speed that up, which is their special you know, in-app currency. Because even though the game is free to play, they do have microtransactions for gems to make things go faster. So you aren't ever limited in you know, energy that says, you know, you have to stop playing. But you will have, you know, a set number of minions that you can have, and once all the minions are busy, you basically can't do anything until, you know, at least one of them finishes doing whatever it is they're doing. And then, you know, you have a minion to go tell to go do something. The game starts out very slowly, as you only have a few minions and you run out of gold pretty quickly. Gold is used for purchasing various machines to put in your base. And, you know, once you're out of gold, you have to earn gold. So it's sort of this very slow start. It picks up pretty quickly. I'd say after maybe about an hour, you start getting to a reasonable pace. But being real-world time-based, you know, you will log in, play for, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes or so. 
And then, you know, you'll pretty much just want to wait around and log out and come back later. It is still based around base building mechanics. So you build different rooms, and the different rooms can have different stuff. And you buy different stuff, which will either produce more stuff, or, you know, generate money, or other items. So it's all sort of a a linear progression in a sense, because, you know, you have to have A before you can have B. Being a Facebook game, and I'm guessing targeting tablet owners as well, it is kind of very clicky compared to the previous Evil Genius original game. You have to tap, you know, on any device that finishes to tell the minion go do the thing, and you have to tell the minion to go do the thing in the first place. So you're clicking twice pretty much for each thing, plus stuff will pop out on the screen, and you'll want to, you know, wave your mouse around to gather the stuff. So it's quite a lot of clicking, but I guess that's kind of okay, because if you're not clicking, you're just sitting there staring at the screen. And while that worked, you know, back in the day for the original game, For a modern game, it it does get kind of boring just staring at a screen. So I do see why they did that. If you go away, like overnight, you know, you go to sleep or whatever, and you come back, your base is actually kind of messy. There's trash in the ground and various things the minions have used up and just kind of thrown around. I don't like my base being messy. I'm kind of obsessive compulsive like that. But I guess it is kind of cool because it allows them to give you the opportunity to get some cool stuff because you tell the minions, you know, vacuum this up, clean that up. And as you do that stuff, you'll get sometimes money or you'll get sometimes some special kind of goods. And as mentioned, you know, all of these goods tie into building other things. So just kind of an interesting way to sort of reward people for, you know, even the time that they're away, you know, they can still get stuff extra. Well, it is unknown if the company will actually ever get enough money to make an Evil Genius 2. They are very committed to Evil Genius Online. And it seems like a very happy and nice compromise in the meantime until they do. The only real disadvantage is, of course, being a Facebook game, it is, you know, online required. So if you don't have access to the internet, you know, you won't be able to play it. Unlike, you know, an actual second Evil Genius game, which in theory, you know, would be playable offline. So that's really the only main disadvantage to the online version, is it has no, you know, offline playable option. The music and feel is all perfectly in line with the original game. Of course, you know, there's way more new stuff since the first game. But it's all, you know, very in line with the original look and feel of the game. So it's a very good sequel to the original game. And I am very happy with it, and I like it quite a bit. And if you're okay with the product not being, you know, 100% complete, and you enjoyed Evil Genius, or, you know, like the idea of strategic base building and being evil, you might want to go check it out. It's an open beta, so anybody can go grab it. First look.
So I discovered and decided to back a very interesting looking Kickstarter game. There will probably be very few Kickstarter games that I talk about. As I said, a lot of them are, you know, questionable if they will make it to funding. And it's questionable, you know, if the developer will actually pull off what they're trying to do. But this game, to me, had enough of my interest that, you know, I definitely wanted to back them. The game is called Darkest Dungeon. It is for, well, will be for, I guess, PC, Mac, and Linux. One thing which is very important to note that caught my attention right away is that it got its initial funding goal in less than one day. So it's already funded, they're already going to make it, it's already a done deal. So if you decide to back it, you are guaranteed to get whatever it is, you know, the reward tier level that you sign up for. I think if you're just interested in getting the game, the game itself, that backing level is like 15 bucks. So it's really cheap if you just want to get the game itself. The art style is what I would call sort of a 2D animated comic in sort of a gritty pulp style. It is, you know, a fantasy game, so there are fantasy characters. But there are a little bit of, I guess you could call them steampunk elements. One of the characters, who they are calling a plague doctor, has sort of this raven kind of mask, which has big eyeballs, which are kind of like goggles, and he's holding sort of this glowing thing. And the highwayman character has a pistol, which kind of looks like a flintlock type thing. So they aren't, you know, pure medieval fantasy. They're probably more Renaissance era. But some of the other characters are like, you know, traditional crusader, and there's a cleric type person. So they are very definitely in the fantasy realm. The game is a randomly created dungeon type game. It's shown from the side view of the characters. So you're looking at them kind of walking down a hallway. And so you'll get into sort of that strategic party fighting elements as well. And the basic gist of the game is you create a party and then the party goes and explores this dungeon. But here's where the game gets really interesting and got my attention. Along with all of the regular dungeoning type stuff, you know, leveling up, staying alive, getting equipment, there is a big focus, and I think the greater focus of the game, on keeping your party sort of mentally stable. They have various personality traits, and due to things that happen to them in the dungeon, they may develop flaws over time. And so a lot of the game is focused around sort of keeping your characters alive, you know, in terms of mental stability and, you know, keeping themselves together instead of, you know, just going completely crazy. And so that seemed really, really interesting to me. One of the examples they give on the site is that the highwayman might refuse to get healing from the plague doctor or a critical hit from an undead may cause the character that they hit to then fear the undead. So there's sort of party dynamics you might have to deal with. There might be traumatic issues you might have to deal with. So there's a lot of kind of cool, I guess you could say, relationship resources that you have to manage along with, you know, the regular hit points and healing, you know, that goes along with this type of game. They're in their additional stretch goal phase now. As I said, the game was already funded in less than one day, which is awesome. And by the time this podcast releases, they should have about 26 days left on the Kickstarter if you would like to join in. I would say if you are into fantasy-based sort of tactical dungeon delving kind of games, but you also like the thought of 
managing sanity and the possibility that some of your characters might go crazy or might act unpredictably and you have to manage that resource as well. I would say it's definitely a game you might want to check out. So a special note on the music I used. Those with super good hearing might have noticed that I typically will use music from the game or movie or TV show or whatever it is I'm talking about. Sometimes I will not have music for it and I will use something similar or, you know, at least something kind of in the mood or related to the topic. But this time they had a piece of music posted on the Kickstarter page. So I thought, well, I'll contact them and see if I can get that in MP3 format because it's in YouTube format. And I asked, can I has? And they said, yes, you can has. So special shout out to Chris Burasa, and my bad if I pronounced that incorrectly, from Red Hook Studios, who is, I believe, the lead developer slash owner slash co-creator person behind Darkest Dungeon. And a shout out to Stuart Chatwood, who was the writer slash composer on the music piece. And if you liked the music and want to pick it up, you can add it on to your Kickstarter for 10 bucks. Or you can do what I do and pledge at the $49 level, and that gets you the soundtrack and art book and some other stuff. So if you like the music, you can have it as well. The new restart of RoboCop is probably going to be one of the few movies I would actually not recommend for specific reasons I will get into in a moment. First, I will talk about the regular aspects of the movie. This version is rated PG-13, although how it got rated PG-13 is beyond me, again, for reasons I will discuss in a moment. The original RoboCop, released in 1987, so it's quite an old franchise. That movie was rated R, and it was followed by two other movies, a live-action TV series, two animated series, a TV miniseries, and some comics. So the franchise is quite old, and it's been around in several different forms. Obviously, the movies were the most violent and gory, and I remember the live-action TV show was pretty much what you'd come to expect from, you know, an average TV show of the day. It certainly would hold up these days, you know, if it was the same kind of show, just, you know, obviously done in a modern fashion. So when I went to see the new RoboCop, I was sort of expecting something along the lines of probably about, you know, the range and subject matter of somewhere between the TV show and the original movies. This version surprised me quite a bit. It is, I will say, very true to the original roots of RoboCop, as well as RoboCop as a franchise, but they've made some very critical changes to this restart. Being a restart, it does follow the original story that the first movie followed of how 
Alex Murphy, a.k.a. RoboCop, comes to be, you know, RoboCop from being a regular human police officer. However, the details of the telling of the story and the presentation of the story are quite a bit different. I'm not so concerned about, you know, the changes in the story or the plot line overall. Those were fine. You know, it made sense. It was a good story. But in terms of visual presentation and style as a movie, it made some very key changes that make it something I don't think I would really recommend. First, the original RoboCop movies were extremely violent, violent to the point that they were actually kind of humorous. Because it was the sort of, you know, over-the-top, overly violent, black humor kind of violence. There was also an underlying sort of subtext, I guess you could say, that had a lot of comedic reference. I don't necessarily know if it was dark humor. It's been many years since I've seen the original movies. But I do remember quite a number of times in all of the movies, you know, laughing at various things that happened. Or going like, whoa, that's so crazy, in terms of, you know, the violent and gore. But this version is quite a bit different in that they've taken it sort of in a different direction. They've gotten rid of the violence and gore, so pretty much when he shoots people, they just fall down. For the most part, though, that makes sense, because a lot of the people that he's shooting are either robots or people in armor. And if you shoot somebody in armor, you know, you're not going to see them, you know, bleeding out. Because, you know, it'd be, you know, low impact, slowed down by the armor. And there's a lot of sort of camera tricks that they do to sort of avoid the gore. It's like he'll shoot somebody and that somebody will be kind of off camera. And I'm pretty much totally okay with that. I kind of expected that might happen because that's what they did, you know, in the TV show and the animated series. So that really didn't surprise me. But there also wasn't really that sort of level of humor underlying any of the rest of the story. So they've taken away the -the over-the-top comedic violent humor, and they've taken away, you know, that other layer of humor. So all you've got left is this super serious combat and, you know, overall story of the movie. And they've taken all of sort of the emotional aspects of RoboCop and sort of ramped it up quite a bit. They also have some really disturbing imagery in terms of what happens to Alex Murphy. They show a few scenes that, like I said at the start of this, I really don't know how they got into a PG-13 rating. In my opinion, this is definitely R-rated stuff, or whatever the rating beyond R is. I don't know if it's adults only. I think there's one between R and adults only. But I really don't understand how imagery that disturbing got past censors and that was okay. But, you know, they didn't want to show blood and gore. That just doesn't make sense. So what you've got pretty much is an old school, I guess probably the stuff was written in the 50s, but most of the movies came out in the 80s that were this sort of gritty, dark, cyberpunk-like future, which is pretty much what RoboCop was based on. But like I said, you know, they've got no humor in it. It's all super, super serious. And they've taken out, you know, the dark humor of, you know, the -the over-the-top gore. So it's really, really serious. It's really emotional. And, you know, on top of that, they've got the disturbing imagery. So I don't know. I would probably not recommend you see it. 
unless you are a super hardcore RoboCop fan and you don't mind, you know, disturbing imagery, then, you know, you might want to go check it out. I would recommend not with popcorn because it is not lighthearted, it is super serious, and it is, you know, like I said, disturbing imagery. It's not gory, they they took that out. But I think the disturbing imagery is is much more impactful than, you know, raw, violent, gore kind of stuff. Although, you know, some of the disturbing imagery is disturbing because it is gory, but not in a, a shoot 'em up kind of way that the original RoboCop was. So I would say it's a pretty decent movie, but it's not one I would recommend you see. I would say, unless you're you know, really into the series and, you know, they're going to make a sequel and you want to see this before the sequel, then, you know, you'd probably want to see it. But I would say if you are into classic science fiction and if you're into a sort of cyberpunk type stuff, I would probably recommend instead that you watch Almost Human and get caught up on that and just start watching that regularly from now on because there's not really disturbing imagery in there. And it is very classic science fiction. It's it's a great show. I really love it. But this RoboCop restart, I don't know. I don't know who they're trying to appeal to. I don't think it'll appeal to hardcore RoboCop fans. And I kind of doubt with the disturbing imagery that they'll pick up any new fans. So I'm interested to see if they get any sequels and if they, you know, change the format in the future. But again, um, kind of just rambling now. But I would recommend you probably don't want to see it. I've got quite a bunch of news this time. Borderlands 2 downloadable content, Moxie and the Wedding Day Massacre, is now out. And it's only 3 bucks, so it's not a lot of money. I don't know if I'll pick it up. Haven't really been into Borderlands 2 lately, because I just play by myself, so it's not terribly fun. I pretty much just stick to the big expansion content. But it's out, if you are interested. The new restart for Thief is due out February 25th or February 28th, depending on where you are in the world. I think they have it marked like that because it's the 25th in the United States. But, you know, if you're further along the dateline, it's probably more towards the 28th. So that's in a few weeks. Titanfall for PC, Xbox One, and Xbox 360 is due out on March 11th. We've actually pre-ordered it. Super excited for that. That will be coming soon as well. And in hardware rumors, word on the street is that NVIDIA will be launching, finally, the GTX 750 and 750 Ti, and those could show up in about a week. This is the first I've heard about it, so I don't know if it's true or not. They did have shots of, you know, an early prototype board, so it could be just about ready to ship. Like I said, it surprised me, because the Series 7 has been out for quite some time, and there usually isn't this much lag time between launching the high-end card and then launching the sort of mainstream cards. 
So that could show up pretty soon. And that's it for the news. À l'époque où Jean Santerre d'Angleterre était le roi, Dominique, notre père, combattit les Albigeois. Dominique, Dominique s'en allait tout simplement, où Dieu, pauvre chanteur. So I guess that's it for this week's Rabbit's Ramblings podcast. No Pirate's Treasure. Hasn't been one in quite some time. I think I've been a little sick lately. I've had a lot of congestion and some sneezing. Mostly, though, I'm dealing with a lot of tooth pain. Either one or more teeth have gone basically what I'd call critical, and they probably need like a root canal because they're really painful most all the time. For the past few days or so, I've had to pretty much overdose on pain pills all the time to, you know, get the pain down to a tolerable level. Which, of course, means, you know, a lot of time I feel kind of sick because, you know, it's not good for me to overdose. So I'm trying not to, but I'm in a great deal of pain. And the internet at the coffee shop is still basically non-existent a lot of the time, so that is a lot of emotional pain that certainly doesn't help, you know, to feel better about things. Because if I could, you know, play my games and if I could watch my shows, you know, undisturbed, that would at least, you know, help distract me. But it's continuing to be really horribly bad. Like every two to five minutes today, I was getting disconnected. So I'm going to have to seriously consider going somewhere else to play my games. And it's getting, you know, to the point where I might have to do that if I want to even watch a show. So that's very sad, because there really isn't anywhere else for me to go. I originally started coming here because, you know, I came from other places that I thought would be good that went bad. So, I don't know, that's very tragically sad. I really wish they would fix it because it affects everybody in the whole shop. So, I don't know how they can be okay with everybody in the whole place being disconnected all the time. But I don't know, like everything else in my life, I really don't have any control over it. Either I go there and put up with you know, whatever troubles there are, or I don't, and I go somewhere else that might have, you know, just as many issues in different ways. So I don't know, my life seems very sad lately, and like, nothing's going to change or get better. But hopefully, everybody out there is having a good time. Oh, I forgot to mention last time, though I put in a sort of appropriate song for it, that I hope everybody had a good Valentine's Day. I didn't do anything this year, which is not really surprising. But hopefully everybody out there had a good Valentine's Day, or will, if you're doing it the weekend this podcast comes out. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. Secret song. I love you all night long. I can't stand to see you go. Secret song. I love you so. Wait.
Good enough. But one game looks particularly interesting, and you're gonna, and then, yeah. It is still be, be, be. So that's really the only main disadvantage to the online version is that is the they have various personality traits and due to things that happen to them in the dungeon they they cuz I just play by myself so it's not terribly fun I pretty much just speak ooh Robo, excuse me, Robo. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? Ow. Stay out of trouble. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbit's ramblings dot html when you type rabbits ramblings don't use the space if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com if you like my page you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com you can follow me on youtube at rabbit dot com be sure to put the number one in place of i anytime you type rabbit Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2014 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.